I started walking with a man. What I mean by that is uh, came into to ministry at Christ Church Kirkland and uh, began walking alongside serving in ministry uh, with Pastor Norm Willis. And there are very few people who have had the level of impact on my life that this man has had. And I know many of you could stand up and testify. And uh, we actually considered doing that uh, just to be able to talk about the impact that God has made in our lives uh, through this man. And he's the, he's the voice of God that called me into ministry personally. I was not heading in this direction at all, and, and, uh, but God used him in a powerful way to really awaken my heart to that call. And God's used him to do that to many others as well. One of the, he's one of the primary overseers of our Kingdom Ministries International, which is the network, international network of churches that we're a part of. And uh, he is the apostolic covering for Christ Church United. We want to open up our hearts and receive the Word of God in the input that he has for us today. He's here for the very first time. He hasn't been able to visit yet. Uh, as soon as we were launched, he was overseas in France and different places. So this is a real privilege. It's great to have you. Why don't you guys stand with me and help me welcome Pastor Ron Willis. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate that. I appreciate being being here. We're blessed with Eric and Lisa and all the, the great things that they're they're doing. Uh, it's just a privilege to see the the vision broaden, go, go deeper, go wider. It's great to be back here. Uh, this grounds was actually my first job. It was uh, right out of college. Uh, I didn't. I had a paper route when I was in college. The paper route that I did by a car. So I had the joy of getting up early in the morning and driving. And so it wasn't really a job. I made a whopping $200 a month. Um, and then I tripled that when I came to work here. I made a whopping $600 a month. Uh, Mars made a whopping $400 a month. So we made a grand total of a thousand dollars a month and we were living large and we were definitely living large so you go from 200 to a thousand that's a that's a big that's a big increase but a lot of a lot of great foundations were sown in these grounds uh, we only had the opportunity of one meeting in this building and it wasn't a very pleasant one so here's a good redemptive uh, this morning is a good redemptive story for for the Lord I'd like to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Excuse me. Don't have a whole lot of time, so let me, uh, let me jump right in. As you know, the role of the apostolic has to do with the establishing of, of foundations. When we look to the, the longevity and the sustainability of a people, uh, foundations are everything. Uh, they're not always the, the funnest aspect of building. Certainly, decorating and doing things like that have a lot more, a lot more splash and a lot more, you know, fun to to the process. 
But if the foundations aren't laid properly, then all the decorating is futile. And we certainly are a people that are uh, place a high value on foundations, place a high value on longevity. And I looked this morning again, Pastor Jim called me 7 o'clock every Sunday morning for 27 years now. That phone call has, has come. I look at the relationships that we've had over the years. Uh, my original office was probably somewhere right about where we're seated right now. It uh, used to be a house where Dan Hammond and I shared a, an office on, on this property. So you look back and you see just an incredible foundation, and that is a, that's a rich heritage that, that we have. And certainly in the, the transitory nature of, of life today, uh, that's, a, that's a rare experience and, and an entrustment that, that we have to steward. So in, in guarding the foundations, we understand that when it comes to foundation, heart is, is everything. Uh, whether that's the, the heart of the individual, whether it's the heart of the corporate, if you lose heart, you lose it all. And that's why it was Solomon who said, above all else, guard the heart. Now, as I considered this message, and one of the, the great challenges in, in traveling and speaking is, Lord, what would you have me to share? You, you would think it would be the easiest of all things, but when the issue is not you know, what can be shared, but what is the thing that God is saying, then it is, in fact, one of the, the greatest challenges. And as I considered this and was reminded of, of the words above all else, it kind of put it into, into perspective. Let your first priority be, Solomon is saying. Before you do anything else, make sure that you, you do this. Before anything else is given your attention, make sure your attention is given to the guarding of your heart. The New International says, above all else, guard your heart. Because everything flows from it. The New King James says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. I think we're all aware of the fact that there's issues in life. You've got issues, I've got issues, we all have issues. And, and Solomon is saying, guard your heart because from your heart, that's where the issues flow. So whether those are positive issues or whether they're negative issues, they flowed from your heart. Now, we like to think that they flowed from somebody else. They flowed from this experience or they flowed from that experience. Solomon is saying, no, in spite of all the experiences, and they're out there, but the issues flow from the heart, which means as all the circumstances and all the situations come, that none of those circumstances determine the flow of your heart. What what determines the flow of your heart is how you guard it. And if you guard it, the issues can come in, but they come in and they, they flow through the guard. And because of the guard, they come out positive or they come out negative. So Solomon is saying, guard your heart because from it flows the issues of life. In the New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So the heart is like a rudder, determining the course. And many times we, we find ourselves in a particular destination. We wake up and we wonder, how did I get here? Who's responsible for getting me in this place? And Solomon is saying, your heart. Your heart is the, is the rudder that determined 
the course of your life. What soil is to seed, heart is to vision. Which means you can have the most God-birthed, awe-inspired vision known to man. But if the heart is lost, the vision will die. Because you'll take that, that amazing seed of vision and you'll plant it in the soil of heart and something will happen to it. So, so Solomon is saying, make sure. Let that be the, the first and preeminent thing. Make sure you guard the heart. The abundant life of God, it comes to us as a regulated flow. That is, if we were to get it all at once, we'd probably explode. So it's a regulated flow that, that, that is measured out and the heart is the, is the valve that regulates the flow. Everything we do flows from the heart. It regulates the process of becoming. So if the heart gets hard and the flow of life stops, then we thwart the process of becoming who we really are. It doesn't mean we don't live anymore. It doesn't mean we don't breathe. It doesn't mean we don't experience life. It just means the, the process of becoming. That is, we're not who we will be, but we know that when we see Him, we'll be like Him. We sang it this morning that, that when we get to that day of salvation, does that mean I'm not saved right now? No, it means I am saved but I'm in the process of being saved. And even though I am saved, we'll get to that final day when our salvation will be complete. Now, I grew up in a particular faith that taught you couldn't really know you were saved until the end. It's going to give you a whole lot of motivation every day. I mean, why, why live this thing every day that we don't know? So, so we live in this amazing tension now and not yet. We are, but we aren't fully and what is determined, the, the fullness, this process, is this, this doorway called the heart. And that doorway, it either opens and in its opening, the, the life process of God flows in or it shuts and we close the process off. And when we close that process off, we, we remain living, but we cease becoming. And in that cease becoming, we get, we get separated in our, in our person and in our being. That is, our, our being is that which we are before God, which we are positionally seated in the heavenlies. Our person is what I'm becoming. And when the two are integrated and the flow of God is happening, then that, that process of becoming, our, our person becoming who our being is. It stays in, a, in an open, regulated flow. If not, we begin to settle. We begin to make do. So, Matthew 6.33 describes the Christian as a seeker. That is, the, the kingdom of God is, is something that is, is unfolding. And if we, if we seek it first, then everything else is added to us. But when that flow gets cut off, the seekers become settlers. And we quit seeking. And we just settle for, for what is. We, we settle for it, it's a good enough rationale. It's amazing to me how little we'll settle for when the heart gets hard. And when the heart is open, 
uh, how much and how deep we'll, we'll press on and how much we're, we're willing to embrace. Because when that regulated flow is open and the life of God is open, uh, it's never good enough. We're always content but never satisfied, so we're pressing for the fullness, we're pressing for the abundance. If the heart isn't guarded, it will separate. It first separates from purpose, then it separates from practice, and it soon separates from principle. So the danger in losing heart is this subtlety of separation. It's just one layer at a time. It never is obvious. It's never in your face. The devil never knocks on your door and says, Hi, I'm here to steal your heart. It's just lost. One layer, one decision, one subtlety at a time. But an unguarded heart, it loses vision. Without vision, people cast off restraint, meaning that righteousness is the first thing to go. Psalm 18.1 says, He who separates looks for an excuse. Meaning principle and practice are soon compromised. So an unguarded heart loses vision. I suggest there are six degrees of separation leading to the loss of heart. The first is an offended heart. We see it in Matthew 24, 10. Offenses produce judgment, and judgments produce hardness. You know, it's subtle how easy it is to judge, even though Jesus said without question, do not judge. So we can... We can suspect something is wrong in someone's heart. And in the suspicion, we can make a calculated decision to violate Scripture, thinking that maybe there was a violation over here. And of course, the question is, what's worse? The the direct violation or the suspected concern? So judge not, lest you be judged, for for as you judge, it will be measured back to you. Offended heart then goes to a hard heart. Hebrews 3.15, hardness produces coldness. A cold heart then goes to an indifferent heart. An indifferent heart to a critical heart. And then a critical heart to a dead heart. So in light of that, Progress. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore, we don't lose heart. So, we get this word that's been, been hovering over us since the, the time Solomon spoke it. Guard your heart. And as the Holy Spirit broods over a people, this, this word broods over us. And it's just been been brooding for for eternity and then Paul affirms it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and saying because we we're guarding it we don't lose it there is that intentional guarding whether it's guarding it in marriage how do divorces come divorces come because we don't guard hard there's relational breakdown how do relational breakdowns come relational breakdowns come because somewhere in the process offenses came and offenses are there because we didn't guard heart. And Jesus, understanding that, said, listen, it, it will 
happen. Offenses will come. I don't want to prophesy to Christ Church North Shore. I just want to state the biblical reality over you. Offenses will come. And because offenses will come, if you can see that in the, the light of offense, there has been a preceding word brooding over you. And that preceded word, Solomon spoke it, Paul affirmed it, and I just came to quicken it. So when the offenses come, then you say, oh, this is what Solomon meant. This is what Paul was referring to. This is what Pastor Norman said, said would come. I have a choice right now. And in that choice, I have the choice to guard my heart. Because if I don't guard my heart, then I'm going to cut off my flow. If I cut off my flow, I am going to die spiritually. Now, death spiritually is not, you quit breathing. It just, you get separated. You get separated from purpose. You get separated from principle. You get separated from power. You get separated. So so then we're, we're going through this. It's like, is anybody home? I mean, you're, you're alive. You're, you're breathing. You're going through the motions. But it's evident that the life, the, the abundant life that was meant to be there. Yesterday I was on a, on a bike ride and we're riding out Fall City Road and the first car to drive by was a, a Porsche Carrera GT150. Black. You know, Keith weighs about $500,000 car. I mean, it's, it's an expensive car. Right behind that was the Alfa Romeo sports car. Black. Two together. The next car behind that was like a gremlin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I thought, you know, all three of them will get you to the destination. All three of them start, you get in, you're going to drive from point A to point B. But one's called life, the other one's called abundant life. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus said He came to give us life. You know, it's not just to get us from, from one point to the next point. It's not just to take us out of hell and get us to heaven, but it's to live abundantly in the process. So in that abundance, then, we're, we're guarding our heart to make sure that it's not just living, it's not just existing, but it's getting to a place of really being alive so that, that what we're representing, we're representing a measure of life, a measure of freedom, a quality that can only be experienced when we guard the heart. So the heart is our, our first Informal stewardship. I say stewardship because at the confession of sin, a new heart is the first gift God gives. So think about it. You know, when God is is making His first step toward us, outside of Christ and the crucifixion and all that 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 took place in, in history for us, but. But in, in time and space, the, the first step that God takes toward us upon confession of sin is He gives us a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give them a new heart and put a new spirit in them. So the first gift we get is this new heart and is given to us as a stewardship. Because in, in the wrapping is this instruction, guard it. 
what you're about to open needs to be guarded. So with that gift is this instruction above everything else. Guard the contents of this package. And then we open it up and we realize it's the new heart. So in that new heart, we're, we're to guard it and make sure that nothing is able to get in to either offend us or make it hard, make it cold, make it indifferent, make it critical. And as a result, we're left driving a gremlin when we could have had a Porsche 150. So the ultimate responsibility of stewardship is increase, not loss. So let me suggest just a few ways that we, we guard the heart for increase. We guard it from pride. Proverbs 16.5 says, Every one proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That's a pretty, pretty strong statement, isn't it? I mean, usually you don't think of anyone, God and all of His love and His mercy and forgiveness and all that. Could anyone be an abomination to God? Or if, if God were to say to you, you are an abomination to me. It's like, man, Lord, what, what heinous crime did I permit or commit? The answer is, you're proud. Which certainly underscores the how contrary are the, the, the stench in the nostrils of God that, that pride is. Pride is a thief that steals heart. Pride will blind you from something's worth and it will harden you to its value. So I don't, I don't think pride in and of itself is, is any more heinous than any other crime. It's what pride does that God hates so much. Humility, of course, is the manner in which we guard the heart. Matthew 11.29 says, Jesus is meek and humble in heart. So Christ-likeness begins with a humble heart. Yet to be like Him, that first step is humility. Because humility then is what opens up the heart and makes sure that the, the life flow, the, the, the regulated flow is flowing correctly. Psalm 51.17, the sacrifices of God is a broken and a contrite heart. So we like to you know, kind of busy ourselves in doing all these things over here that, that have a, 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 a look of being significant and probably are. But if, if they're being done, but the beginning place, that, that first stewardship, is not attended to. Guarding our heart through brokenness, through contriteness. Then God says, you know, you can gain the whole world, but if you lose your own soul, or you can prophesy, and you can cast out demons, and you can do all those other amazing sacrifices, but if you didn't have that foundational sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart, then you didn't know me. Secondly, we guard the heart from a friend. Matthew 24.10 says, And they shall be offended and hate and betray one another. you know who they is? It's us. Christians. It's not the heathen. He's talking about those 
those days that are coming or they will be offended and hate and betray one another in spite of all the warnings, in spite of, of everything that, that Jesus gave us to protect ourselves. There is the turning. There is the, the betrayal. There, there is the, the loss and the separation. And these grounds are an opportunity for restoration. Because it's not a pointing of the finger that they did everything to us. No, we did it to them just as much as they did it to us. It's an opportunity for all of us to understand that through the guarding of the heart, we're able to see restoration. And in that restoration, we're able to take things back for the kingdom of God. So in times of relational conflict, we must recognize that the enemy of our soul is after our heart. So above all else, it means protecting the heart is more important than being right. It's a good word for marriage. Protecting the heart is more important than making our point. But you're not understanding me. Let me just make it clear one more time. What if we were just as committed to guard the heart? You know, it really doesn't matter if she understands or don't understand. What I'm after is the guarding of her heart. And if I'm really motivated by the guarding of the heart, maybe I can take one for the team. Or, Or maybe I can just acknowledge I was wrong. I said maybe. I didn't say I was going to do that. I said maybe I could do that. The third way we protect the heart or we lose the heart is through prayerlessness. Luke 18.1 says, At all times men ought to pray and not lose heart. So we've got to guard the heart from prayerlessness. And the reason is prayer is the God-ordained pressure valve for the heart. If the pressure of warfare is not released in prayer, we run the risk of losing heart. So as you know, we were born into a war. We were born into a conflict. And in life, war is a reality. And war is not... It's not a it's not a sweet time. It, it's a time of, of incredible pressure and incredible conflict and it's not fair. You know, you think that, you know, I've gone through this and I've gone through that and and, and life should be fair. So yesterday we we're on a bike ride and we got thirty five miles into the bike ride, it started pouring down the road. I mean pouring down the road. And we're in Duval. And Tong, my wingman, has left me. And like Paul said, only Luke is with me. Only Dan. Only Dan was with me. So I'm driving down or riding down. It's pouring down rain. I can feel water in my shoes and, you know, water down my back and all the other places it goes when, when you're wet. And, and I'm thinking, there's just nothing fair about this right now at all. And I thought, you know, the only worst thing that could happen right now would be a flat tire. And guess whose tire was flat? 
And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it just can't get any worse than this right now. It's wet, we're cold, I've got a flat tire on a highway with no shoulder. So Dan, my wonderful partner, is, is helping me. And just, I'm serious, just as he stepped out of the way, a cattle semi-truck drove by. I mean, he would have been debutted, if you know what I meant. I mean, he would have been, he would have been taken out. So as wonderful that was, he wasn't taken out. We were, I mean, it was like the spray. I mean, we were just, it's just like, of course. Of course. What else is there right now? Just, of course. I mean, and, you know, we laugh, but <clears throat> war is like that. And, you know, just when you've taken one, you think, okay, it, it can't get any worse right now. No, it can. And my suggestion is don't ever say it can't get any worse right now. <clears throat> because it can. But prayer is the is the valve that releases the pressure because if you don't have prayer and that that pressure keeps building and building and building, sooner or later you will blow. And the only question is, who are you going to blow on? <clears throat> you'll blow up on your spouse, you blow up on your children, you blow up on somebody. Somebody is going to get the pressure. So God gives us this thing of prayer and reminds us, men, women ought to pray at all times. Because if you do, you won't lose heart. So we guard the heart from negativity. Solomon follows this instruction in Proverbs 4.23, verse 24, saying, Put away from you a deceitful mouth and devious lips. I would suggest negative words are the quickest way there is to stop the life flow of the heart. Spoken or heard. I mean, my suggestion is, well, I'm not speaking negativity, but if you're hearing negativity, it will cut off the life flow of the heart. Because negativity, it's no respecter of persons. I mean, you can speak it or you can hear it. It has the same result. So Solomon says, put them away from you, for they'll thwart the stewardship of the heart. So the condition of our heart is severely affected by the words of our mouth. It's a direct relationship. The negativity, it may be acceptable culturally, but we cannot get away with it spiritually. That is just a law. The subtlety is somehow we lose the connection between it spoken and it realized. Because often it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be a month, there could be a hundred different things taking place. In other words, if I take a hammer and I pound my finger, it's a direct association. I'm not asking, why is my finger hurting right now? Well, you just took a hammer and pounded it. But I can speak a negative word and six hours later feel the pain and wonder, where's that pain coming from? Or I listen to negativity and a day later thinking, I'm like depressed. There is a direct association, but sometimes it gets a little convoluted, but nevertheless, it's there. So Solomon is saying, listen, put away from your mouth deceit 
and devious words from your lips. Because if you don't, it will be a thief of your heart. Fifthly is lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Now, most statistically puts you in the group. If we're just looking at it statistically, most includes you and I. So to get out of the statistic, we've got to guard. In other words, if we do nothing, we will probably be the statistic. If I were to you know, put a glass in front of you and say, most people that drink this die instantly. Most. Not, not all, but most. You probably wouldn't drink it, right? I'm not going to, you know, most is a statistic I don't want to be in. So, again, what, what Jesus is saying is most people, their hearts are going to grow cold because of lawlessness. So we're those that guard the heart, so then we've got to be guarding ourselves against lawlessness and examine, is there any lawless way? Is there any lawless idea? Is there anything that I've forgotten? Anything that I've allowed coldness to come in? Anywhere that I've allowed my heart to go in a particular direction where the result is lawlessness? If it's, that's the case, then we've got to return to that place of guarding. Esau didn't guard his heart, so he sold his birthright for a pot of stew. Why? Because when the heart's not guarding, it's amazing how little you'll settle for. And it's amazing how amazing a pot of stew will look when we sell. And then lastly is impatience. Galatians 6 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we'll reap if we don't grow weary. Impatience addresses those who did well but didn't get the expected reward in the expected time, so they lost heart. So, to those fighting the powers of hope deferred, guard your heart and don't ever settle for good enough. Always believe for God's best. Not because you deserve it, but because God promised it. In guarding your heart, don't look how far you have to go. Look how far you've come. And stay in that process of believing. Believing that God is able to do all that He promised. Let me read you a story of Florence Chadwick on... 4th of July, 1952. Florence Chadwick, now 34, set a goal to become the first woman to swim the 26 miles between Catalina Island and the California coastline. As she began this historic journey, she was flanked by small boats that watched for sharks and were prepared to help her if she got hurt or grew tired. Hour after hour, she swam, and after about 15 hours, a thick, heavy fog set in. Curiously, Florence began to doubt her ability, and she told her mother, who was in one of the boats, that she didn't think she could make it. Florence's mother and her trainer continued to offer encouragement. They told her it wasn't much further, and they urged her not to quit. But all Florence could see was fog, 
and she had never quit before until then. And as Florence sat in the boat, she realized that she had stopped swimming less than one half mile from the California coastline. She later explained that she quit because she could no longer see the coastline. All she could see was fog. Here's an excerpt from John Wesley's journal, the great founder of the Methodist Church. Sunday, May 5th morning, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back. Sunday, May 5th evening, preached in St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday, May 12th morning, preached in St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday, May 19th morning, preached in St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday, May 19th evening, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday, May 26th morning, preached in a meadow, chased out of the meadow as a bull was loose during the service. Sunday, June 2nd morning, preached out of the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday, June 2nd evening, preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came out to hear me. Power and perseverance. There's power in guarding the heart and allowing the issues to flow. Regardless of what the restrictions are, regardless of what the human limitations are. But staying in that place of guarding the heart, realizing that when we as a people, whether corporately or individual, guard the heart, then we have a promised future. A future that will remain, a future that will be fruitful. Because God will make sure that those who guard their heart accomplish the things that He has set out for us to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for, for this people for the destiny that is represented in this room. For everything that You've ordained in eternity past and are making known to us now here in time space. Lord, I pray for grace. I pray for grace to guard the heart. Grace for that doorway of Your flow to remain open. But I'm asking that there be grace in us all to to stay in that place of choosing You. And when difficulties come and offenses come, to choose forgiveness, to choose that higher way so that, above all else, we'll make the choice to guard the heart. We're loosing upon this people now the grace for that to take place. And thanking You for Your heart turned toward us to make it so. We ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you. Those messages uh, like that one, you love them and you hate them because you understand that every word of God is going to be tested. And so as we look to when we hear the word and it hits us, we know that this week we get an opportunity to put it into practice. And when he talked about offenses will come, 
immediately the picture that came to mind, I almost thought he said a fence will come. As in a fence. You build a fence. So are we building fences of separation between us in every way? Where there's an offense, we, that relationship cannot be sustained. Friendships, fathers and with their kids, mothers and their kids, kids toward their parents, marriages, all these things, we need, they need to be strengthened as we tear down those fences. You may say, well, I don't have a, a big offense or a big fence already built. But are you starting to lay a foundation? Instead of turning to prayerfulness, as he talked about, and praying and bringing those things before the Lord in terms of what we're facing. Again, in our marriages, and, I mean, that's where the battle is. It's the closest relationships to us. Those are the, sometimes the most difficult. That's where the fight is. Not against one another, though. Together, going toward God, fighting together for His purpose and His destiny in our lives. So, amen, let's tear down those fences so that uh, our fences don't remain at all. Thank you, Pastor Norm, for bringing this word. Walk this out this week. Go back, renew, review these scriptures and go through. And allow Holy Spirit to evaluate where you're at personally. Good stuff. Great stuff. Thank you. We'll see you next week.